0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is another episode of the Draft Eye Fantasy Football Show. We are going to go over your waiver ads, uh, guys to target on the waiver wire this week as we come up on week four of the NFL and fantasy football season. I'm Jonah, joined as always by my co-host Colt. Colt, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing a lot better than the Denver Broncos who just got blown out. You know, seventy points—that's—that's that's something you see in college.
0: That is Madden levels and a good Madden level um, of offense that was put up against
1: insane eight rush. I mean, I I look at a lot of the analytics and stuff uh, throughout the season. I mean, the, the the Denver Broncos rush defense is gonna be got to be the bottom of the list, and it's gonna be so skewed for the longest amount of time because of those eight rushing touchdowns, multiple two hundred yards. Rushers, it's like, man, that's that's
0: Yeah, it's I mean, it's shocking against a defense that's actually got a lot of talent on it. Yeah. Uh, talented individuals on the Denver Broncos defense. So um I personally I would say it couldn't happen to a nicer coach, Sean Payton. So <laughs> congratulations, Sean Payton, on crapping the bed so badly. We'd love to see it.
1: Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's... Yeah, a lot a lot of crazy games this weekend. I mean, even the Chiefs won, right? When... the it's, Was it... No, it, was, it wasn't the Bears. Yeah, the oh, Chiefs was, blew yeah. with the Bears. It was like um, 34 was, points at the halftime, right?
0: 34-0. Yeah, and, you know, it. It was so one-sided that they left that game very early in the national broadcast, which, you know... I guess it's not super surprising the defending Super Bowl champs versus a winless team. You expect it, but again, there's talent on the Bears as well on both sides of the ball and I guess it's just Well, yeah, you know
1: Difficult. Anyone to pull can that win any
0: out. Yeah, but I mean, hey, the Arizona Cardinals can beat the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> any week too, so you never you never know what's going to happen in the NFL.
1: A strange week for football, certainly. Um, and then also, obviously, you know, injuries kind of spiked up as well. I think none bigger than Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams. He's out for the... L. We've got a little bit more about that in waivers. Uh, come to that point, uh, the waiver show, when we get to the wide receiver section. Let's go ahead and start it off. We'll start off with our, our quarterback streams of the week the guy you're kind of you know if you've got a fringe you know you don't have one of the top guys like a Hertz or a you know Cousin a Herbert somebody like that who's somebody you're kind of streaming this week
0: it's fun to hear Kirk talked about that way but uh you know it's it's a name we actually mentioned last week I think still a great option available in the vast majority of leagues I've got about 80 plus percent of leagues according to my numbers cj stroud from the texans we talked about it the texans throw the ball a lot cj stroud's pretty good at throwing the ball i bet we'll talk about some of his receivers as well and you know he's a guy he's putting up pretty good numbers as a a quarterback and you know someone that i don't know how long he's going to be ignored widely but CJ Stroud is definitely probably my top option for picking up a a guy if you're in need of a quarterback.
1: Yeah, he's somebody I was was worried about coming into the NFL because I just felt like they didn't get the weapons for him, kind of like they did for uh, Bryce Young, or Anthony Richardson kind of going into a better situation. Obviously, if you're drafted further away from the first overall pick, typically that kind of happens. You'll have more talent Mm -hmm. on the team. But yeah, I mean, he's making do with what he's got. And I, I think he's got some there. He's on pace for 5,100 passing yards. I'm not sure that exactly holds up, but averaging 302 yards per game through the first three weeks, that, that's amazing. I mean, that's stud level. You've got great uh, completion percentage. He's fifth in passing yards right now currently. I mean, he's got a better uh, QB passer rating than Lamar, Hurts, Zach Prescott, Josh Allen. Like, the dude is good at football. And, and I mean, a week, uh, week four here, I, I think he's good for... Uh, multiple weeks, but a week 4 he's got a nice matchup for uh, Pittsburgh as well, who, I mean, they just let Jimmy G throw for 302 on them. So yeah, I mean, that's better days are ahead of him. I, I, another guy I've got, here kind of on my list. I've got Brock Purdy, Well he's rostered in about 64%. Of you, but he may not be out there for, you, but if you need somebody who's not going to, I would say crap the bed, if you will, uh, on yeah. your, in your quarterback spot. I mean, you see these guys who have tremendous upside, like a, I mean, Daniel Jones, especially from the rushing department, but we've also seen him get you 30 points all the way to three points. you want somebody who's going to do that, Brock Purdy's not your guy. He's going to get you about 15, 20 points, kind of what he's done all his career. If you want more upside, certainly there are other places to go, but if the rest of your team um, is kind of high upside and you want something to solidify your quarterback position, I think he's a great option. I mean, he's second in yards per attempt fourth and, uh QB passer rating. He gets Arizona week four, who's, you know, been kind of okay. They're middle of the pack as far as uh, against quarterbacks this season. I like C.J. Stroud more, certainly, but Brock Purdy, I think, is a guy you could throw into your quarterback position and be happy with what
0: Yeah, Purdy is just solid. It's like you said. I mean, he's kind of – I mean, he may be early stage Kirk Cousins, I guess. Maybe – Maybe that's where he is, where eventually he's going to grow into a more dynamic quarterback. But that was kind of cousins thing for quite quite a few years, is he was going to put up good numbers. And he put up good numbers every single year, almost every single week. He's just steady and solid. Uh, Now, you know, Cousins has gotten a few more weapons, and he's (laughs) a little more fun. But uh, the weapons in San Francisco aren't too bad, especially when IUC returns. Um, you know, throwing, I mean, throwing the CMC is never bad. He could always break one and go for a touchdown. So, no, Purdy's not too bad. I've got one more guy who's super deep. Who you got? But is becoming kind of interesting to watch. How about old Joshua Dobbs?
1: Oh, okay, yeah. He
0: keeps hanging around. Putting up decent numbers every single week, no matter. And here's the thing, no matter the defense, we just said they beat Dallas, who you expect Dallas to blank Arizona. I mean, that seemed like the no-brainer of the week. Dallas is going to pitch a shutout against Arizona. And he leads that offense, and, you know, they, he's, he's sneaky. He's a sneaky quarterback pickup. You probably there's probably enough quarterbacks available, I get it. But I mean, especially in deeper leagues and two quarterback leagues, don't sleep on Joshua Dobbs much longer because he's you know he's better than he should be. Let's say that.
1: Yeah, and he gives you that rushing. Fire. I think it was start off the game, it was first rush was for like forty yards or something like that. It was it was great to see. I mean that's kind of what I like with my streaming quarterbacks. They're not doing, like, crowd where they're passing for about 300 yards a game. I want a rushing floor at least. I mean, he brings that. Yeah. He he passed for 189 yards, and he still had 17 fantasy points. That's about yeah, as good as it gets.
0: Yeah, get done on the ground. And, you know, I, I should have specifically mentioned that. But it's nice to have, I mean, rushing quarterbacks are – kind of in such high demand they were all these high draft picks in your fantasy draft, all the the quarterbacks who can run, and here's some guy who can run and and run again against seemingly any defense.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see it in week four for San Francisco. You know, against Dallas. Didn't didn't be giving us some points.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, again, you expect (laughs) logic dictates. That San Francisco (laughs) just goes out and destroys Arizona and beats them up, but logic dictated that for Dallas too, so we'll, we have to see what happens this week.
1: Yeah, I saw an interview with him, Uh, it was a post-game interview after he beat the Cowboys three, and he just reminded me a lot of, you know, Smith uh, of last year. You know, he's like, oh, people wrote me off, I didn't write back. He, didn't, he wasn't like as cocky as that per se, but mm-hmm. it was a it was a you know basically I got here five weeks ago or three weeks in the NFL season, and I, I'm happy with where I am. It's you know it's nice to see. I'm it, it is a it is a deep pick, but a pick I think is certainly worth mentioning. Yeah, uh, let's get on to the running back waivers. I think this is the cream of the crop here. Um, there's really one guy that comes to mind. When I think about it. It's Devon A-Chain. I mean, he's owned yeah. in 46% of leagues, so some people were holding on to him. I think I saw a stat on Twitter that he was started in like 0.9% of leagues. So he just blew up on everybody's benches with like a 50-point game, um, which makes sense, right? Uh, it's, it is a bittersweet moment where it's like, okay, I don't have to fight on the waiver wire for Devon a but, you know, you just dropped 50 points on my bench... That's, you know, that kind of always stinks, especially if it was, you know, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a, a week-winning type of performance right there. What else yeah, do we have on Devon A-Chain?
0: So, I mean, obviously, he's the talk of waiver wires, you know, Devon uh, A-Chain. Or A-Chain, um, he, what, he averaged over 10 yards per touch <laughs> and had 20-something touches. So he went for over 200 yards, four touchdowns, over 10 yards a touch. However, he's still the backup. Yeah. So I literally look, pick him up if he's available. Don't don't get me wrong. Do not sleep on him. Don't, you know, just ignore him. But he's still the backup. And while he'll get a share and maybe he's this good, you know, that his share will make him a an every week running back starter. He's you know, Mozart's still getting getting his work as well. And they're not going to be up by 40, 50 points in every game where they just sit their starters. So there's a little bit of hesitation. Obviously, I mean after such a game, the hype train is just off the tracks for for uh devon but do remember that he is you know still a secondary running back i would expect maybe you know 30 up to 40 percent share just based on his talents but you know that's still 60 to 70 percent going to the other guy
1: yeah exactly i mean and he only needs one carry to go the distance right i mean i i looked at uh nfl next gen stats He is the fastest player so far on the season. What's funny about it is the top five players, I mean, it has some repeat. It has it by miles per hour, but, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, I mean, he ran 21.93 miles per hour. The other four names, Tyreek Hill twice, uh, Devon A. Chain again, and Raheem Mostert, it's just a track team is all they have there. Uh, I don't want to say all they have there. I'm not going to, you know, discourage. But they might be the best offense in, in football this year. What do you what do you think about that? I mean
0: Well, it sure looks like it. It's I think that's hard to argue that they're the best offense in football. Yeah. Um it's it's the Oakland Raiders done correctly.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So they've got a bunch of fast people oh, but yes. who can also play football.
1: That is a great so. that is a great comp. I just remember them Darius Hayward Bay, all these name rugs, you name it. They just drafted off forty times and said, That's my guy. Um, yeah, which
0: hey, speed kills. They've they've shown it. This is how you do it, but yeah, they have extremely talented fast players, which is nice. And yeah, exactly. You know, Ricky Mozart shows up, and that's a guy challenging him for carries. But you know, the Dolphins as a team have to be about as happy as you can be. They've got looks like a couple stud running backs, couple stud receivers, stud quarterback. I'm guessing they're feeling pretty good.
1: Yeah, 70 points without Jalen Waddle. I, I would, I would think so. I think, I think, uh, Devon. He also um, kind of is a secondary talk about him as having you know, um, you know, solo ability to go into like a flex spot or you know, starting lineup. But in the event of a mostard injury, I mean, he he has been injured, you know, through his almost 10 years in the league. Yeah. That just propels him even higher. So, if you can get Devon anytime, like maybe now or get him off of waivers, it's going to be hard to trade for him after a 50 point week. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, trade for him once he's had the a down MVP week or two in a row.
0: Like
1: yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's just, he's going to be a rocket ship. If that's the case. A few extra carries. I mean, he's still a smaller guy, but that's kind of, kind of his appeal, right? Is he just, he, he has Olympic type speed. Um and he's on the football field. Amazing to watch. Oh, yeah, kinda of
0: like uh, Jameer Gibbs almost. Yeah. A little smaller but explosive.
1: Yeah, I think they had him at about one eighty nine, one eighty 180, like that combine. Yeah. I mean just and you what I mean you expect that guy to be fast, right? If you're that small and you know five nine. Yeah. If you're that small, that you weigh that little, you you have to be fast. So an extreme outlier if you want. What other exactly. running backs did you have on your list uh, as far as running back waivers? I mean, Von A-chain, obviously the cream of the crop. Who else did you
0: Yeah. Well, we've got a couple of repeat names here. Uh, one of them is getting pretty close to being owned in too many leagues, but uh, we got Matt Burita from the Giants. I think that's a guy you have to t- keep your eyes on again. And then Rosen Johnson from the Bears. And he is continually kind of getting up there. His role keeps growing. We talked about it, worked his way into a pure, you know, the number two running back in Chicago. And Herbert didn't have a great game. So Johnson continually looking like more of a possible getting into a flex play, uh, flex play area Uh, for a new name. I would go with Tajay Spears from the Titans. Um, I mean, look, you should own him if you own Derrick Henry. That's That should be a no-brainer. But according to his ownership numbers, he's not owned if you do own Derrick Henry because uh, he's available in about 75% of leagues. So, uh, you know, he's, he's their receiving back. They're not this power passing offense like kansas city or miami but you know he gets enough work where he needs to be watched as someone who could you know contribute on your team even if it's not as a handcuff for derrick henry
1: yeah certainly i mean the titans haven't looked amazing so far this year i mean derrick henry just had 38 percent speak that's not something that you out of yeah, that was. Rushing.
0: I wouldn't expect them to be a trend, but
1: it yeah, is something to watch. It's it's not it's not been pretty. I I love I do love the name Roger Spears. Get a little bit more feel here. I like Roshan Johnson. I hope they get him worked in a little bit more. You know, with rookies, it takes a little bit of time. The veterans usually have the hand in mm-hmm. the camps before that. But his snap percentages went up every single week. Gotten more and more touches every single day. I, you know, I I want to see the Bears offense kind of progress a little bit. Uh, but certainly, guys you could throw onto the end of your bench, you know, and hopefully you got the room there. They... I, I got a name here. It's, it's pretty deep. It's not somebody you're starting, but if you have, it's kind of more of a you pass the eyeball test. That's Rico Dow. Uh, Ooh. Cowboys running back. He's not necessarily somebody you have to pick up, but somebody you got to keep in mind in the event that a, a Pollard injury happens. When I was watching him in that game. I thought he—I thought it was Tony Pollard on the field. He looked electric. I mean, he didn't get very many opportunities, but when I saw him, I was like, wow, this guy's passing the eyeball test. Sir.
0: Yeah, I think I think we all, if you watch the game, I think we all saw that play that should have been about a, what a four or five yard loss that turned into what nine, 10 yard gain and said, wow, that's, that's not Tony Pollard. (laughs) That is very intensive. Um, Who is this guy? So no, I definitely, he's a guy to keep an eye on. It's funny. It's someone you would have expected to get a lot of work against Arizona because you figured Dallas would be up by 30 at half, but that's why they play the games. But no, he he's definitely got the talent, so it'll be interesting to see how his role kind of grows continuing forward.
1: Yeah, if you're, the, if you're the Pollard owner, you're probably kind of screaming, like, why is this guy on the field? And I totally get it. But yeah, I mean, with the game script, uh, what it was projected to be, uh, I thought he was going to get a little more, worse. just like Tank Bigsby and, and Travis Etienne, you know, with the Jacksonville Jaguars playing against Houston. That was supposed to be a game yeah. script where maybe Tank Bixby had a little bit of appeal there on lower posters, but uh, yeah, I mean, the game just didn't expected.
0: Nope. No, it didn't, but yeah, Rico, he did, he looked, looked good and, you know, definitely competing for that backup spot, it looks like, in Dallas.
1: Yeah, certainly. I think he might, think he might have the, the whole... Let's go ahead and go into wide receiver wa- uh, waivers here. Um, this is where I kind of, I like this week. There are some names here. Um, I think one that's certainly worth mentioning, I think I mentioned him this week, Hank Dell. Um, his roster percentage just went up, rightfully so. And then now, I mean, he's at about 48%, so about half of leagues. Now he goes out, he, he, five catches, 145 yards, a touchdown, where Collins and Woods only combined for 68 yards. I mean, he looks like the real deal out there he the wide receiver to own now in for the Houston Texans, or is this just I like mean, a two weeks?
0: It appears he's maybe not the receiver, but one of the receivers. You know him and and Collins. I still have some belief in Collins as well, but no, Tank Dell is a must add. Um, this two weeks in a row that he just went out there and yeah showed it wasn't a fluke. He's pretty widely available like you said it's it's gone down you know his well his ownership has gone up so his availability has gone down in leagues since last week but probably half a leagues he's still out there at least and yeah he's i mean like i said he's a must add and until he basically proves otherwise why you know there's nothing to doubt about him
1: yeah exactly and i mean he 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 led the Texans in routes run here in week three. Love Nico, Proper Wood, John Mechie is just a ghost. Yeah. yeah, I mean, third NFL game. Yeah, it's very encouraging to see. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It's you
0: know he's the. I mean. You, I'd be close or maybe even above my budget if you're on a fantasy, you know, waiver system where you have a budget of uh, a Chan for Dell because there's kind of, there's no doubt that Dell's going to be a starter going forward where a Chan is still kind of a, a change of pace back. So he's, you know, I almost can't overemphasize enough how important of a pickup uh, Tank Dell is if he's available in your league.
1: Yeah, certainly should be rostered. Like I said, available in about half of league. Certainly a name there. Uh, here's a duo of players I just want to kind of talk about. We talked about Mike Williams, down for the season. Next man up, it looks like it's Joshua Palmer. He's available in basically every league. Just went out four for 66 and a touchdown. That was even with Mike Williams. version of it, but... We know yeah. Keenan Allen is the one. We're... We got to see who's going to be the number two. I said I'm going to mention two names. Like I said, Joshua Palmer, veteran on the Chargers offense, and he quietly—I think he had like 700 yards last year. He he's been productive in an NFL. I system.
0: believe he was their leading receiver last year. Well, extremely I believe quietly. Yes, yeah. and it was extremely quietly, but he stays healthy and played all the games, and so he actually outpaced both. Uh, both Williams and Allen last year.
1: Yeah, that makes sense, you know, as well with the I think I think Williams was there for a good portion, it, but just was down flat. It was but I'm not gonna kick the man while he's down. But yeah. the other name to mention in that uh wide receiver group is Quentin Johnston. He's owned in about half of league. I was kind of shocked that people there. I, I think I just had to drop him for for somebody, but just had to drop him. I think that the, the between those two, it isn't kind of who do I like better. It's kind of based off of your team makeup. So if you're let's say like three and oh, two and one, team hasn't really sustained any and you have like that bench room your upside, I think that's where Quentin Johnston kind of you need somebody you need to start who's been starting, who's productive in the past. If you need somebody to flex, I think that's where Joshua Palmer kinda of comes in a little bit how are you getting a, a read on the
0: yeah it's like you've mentioned uh veterans have the edge so and you know i'd say receivers a little more you know not to not to knock a position but i'd say receivers a more complicated position to pick up than running back even and so the veterans going to have the edge palmer is the smarter boring pick And Johnston is the more exciting, risky pick. So, I mean, that's how it is. I think Palmer's going to be that solid guy who can put up, you know, close to starting numbers, lower lower end starting numbers, but still, you know, wide receiver 20 to 30-ish numbers for as, as many weeks as he plays while Johnston could. Be a more electric guy who goes off a couple of weeks but also disappears some weeks as well.
1: Yeah, I mean I really liked the training camp videos with Quentin Johnston and you know, even in the preseason he kind of flashed a little bit, I thought so. He had some, you know, rookie mistakes, but I, I didn't think he was invisible as far as he has been so far. But as we know, it kind of takes a little bit of time to in. When I was looking at the routes, uh, you know, at the Chargers, wide receivers, and or just the receivers in general. It was it was shocking to me that uh, Johnston was sixth behind Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, of course, but also Gerald Everett and Donald Parham. He ran basically the same amount of routes as Stone Smart, a person I didn't even know existed in the NFL. So to tell you, he ran 11 routes, which, I mean, Marvin Mims is running more routes than this. will get to him in just a moment. It's mm-hmm. not very exciting for somebody who drafted you know in the first round of the NFL draft for the Chargers I think they're going to get him out there just a little bit more I like yeah, that they know the what
0: they're Chargers doing pretty deep at receiver with a healthy Mike Williams they're pretty darn deep at, at receiver so but yeah uh, you know I mean look Johnston's got a lot of physical abilities that you would expect from someone picked in the first round of the the NFL draft you know he's a uh, He's big, he's fast. He's good in the air, good at uh you know, high pointing and contesting balls, but yeah, uh you know, it's probably I would say picking up the playbook and route running uh route running ability that maybe you know, hopefully he can pick up a little more of and start to get worked in more for folks who like to see young talent out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm pretty excited for him. I hope it, you know, it should be clicking here sooner. Uh- if there's a a time for it to happen it's now there's another name I want to just glance over here he's the wide receiver seven on the year but he's also not owned in I mean owned in 58 percent of leagues so about half of leagues he's still available wide receiver seven on the, the year Adam Thielen is who I'm talking about so I mean I think it's personally somebody you can kind of cash in on maybe sell high um but I mean if if you just need a plug and play wide receiver probably a wide receiver too. I think this is kind of like the pinnacle and the height that he's going to get to. Andy Dalton just threw the ball 58 times in a game. I I didn't go through all of his games to see last time he did that, but that led this week here in week three, most pass attempts. It's, I don't think the Panthers want him doing that, um, but I don't know if they have any other options. Sanders playing a, you know, a a so-so role in the offense, but Adam Thielen has been linchpin for the, 14 targets, 11 receptions, 145 yards and a touchdown. You know, he had uh, another 17 point game finish last week against the Saints. Minnesota, De- uh, Detroit, Miami. I mean, these are some good, good matchups that are coming up here in the future. Adam Thielen got to be at the top of your list, right?
0: Yeah, I I actually think that Thielen, well, because of matchup, stays relevant for a few more weeks. He's still, you know, I talked about him back. This was. You know, back in the old days of week one, yeah. But uh, a guy, a veteran who wasn't quite as fast or as quick as he used to be, just as comes with age, but was still a very solid, disciplined uh, route runner, and that he, you know, had solid hands, good feet, good catches on the sideline, knows knows how to position his body. Um, I I did, I mean, I didn't see. It to the extent that it happened with Carolina, but as you know, seeing Carolina playing Seattle and their their secondary, I did bet the over on Andy Dalton's passing yards this week, and and won by quite a bit. Um, and so it, I'd say it's almost more matchup dependent than anything. Um, no matter who's playing quarterback against Seattle, I mean, I think you just throw the ball. I would say against Minnesota, you're probably going to throw the ball quite a bit to Detroit as well. So he could see a few, few more good weeks coming his way, just based on the strength of the opposing team's secondary, which looks to be weak coming up for him.
1: Yeah, I mean Minnesota—it's a revenge game as well. Plus, uh, rookie wide receiver Jonathan Domingo got concussed during; the- he'll be in concussion protocol. Just saw multiple players like. Richardson, Jalen Waddell, stuff like that. It took them the entire week, and they were ruled out for this week's games. So that would be something to monitor, if anything. Because Jonathan Mingo was kind of glued to the field as well. It would be something to monitor. Therefore, the Panthers. Yeah, revenge game would be. What other wide receivers yeah. did you have on your waiver wire list here?
0: Well, actually, my guy, we did, we briefly mentioned him. So Marvin Mims. I don't know how this guy is getting, you know, barely on the field because when Robinson. he gets <laughs> Yeah. But when he gets on the field, he dominates. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Denver's doing just in general. I don't know if anyone knows what Denver's really doing in general, but I know that Marvin Mims is very talented. And on a team that's struggling, it seems like a no-brainer to put this guy on the field and let him be an electric playmaker like he is. So, I I mean, yeah, I'm a big Marvin Mims fan. I don't see how he doesn't get on the field a lot more. Um, you know, he barely gets on the field, but he does see a target on a third of his roots. So, would <laughs> you? They throw it to him when he's on the field, yeah. and he does really good with the ball in his hands. You know, so I mean, he's leading the Broncos in receiving yards,
1: which is crazy to think. Portland's yeah. Up, opious amounts. Of-
0: yeah. So I mean, Marvin Mims, his share has to go up, and with it, you would expect his numbers to go up.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he ran five routes last week, uh, week week two, and, I mean, he basically tripled it here. Still still nothing, but, you know, out of the second-round uh, rookie wide receiver, you hope they get, you know, he gets some more playing time. He still does have some guys, like I said, Cortland Sutton and, you know, are the veterans that are going to be playing ahead of him. I expect for most of the season, but, I mean, just his analytics, his average depth of target, almost 24 yards, which is just insane. And if you're a yards per type of person— <laughs> The highest of all wide receivers, seven point so to give you some context, round three, like Justin Jefferson good example. Around yeah. three point two, Keenan Allen five. It's just <laughs> not getting out there on the field. They need they need to use him some more. I mean very electric. He had a kick return for a touchdown as well. I mean amazing to watch. Yeah,
0: yeah I there's no reason. To not have them out there so i don't know i mean again denver's looking more and more like kind of a cluster let's say this uh this season that things might be unraveling at multiple levels i don't know
1: yeah it's i mean I, they get the bears this week so hopefully it'll be a, a bit of a you know they're gonna run up the score on them because they're not looking too hot either but I, I, there's one other wide receiver I wanted to mention. We were just talking about Marvin Mims, second-round rookie wide receiver. I want to talk about a guy who was drafted for him, uh, Rasheed Rice, owned at about 42%. Yeah. Of he looks like he's the wide receiver to own, I think, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he has the upside. I mean, just as we were talking about uh, Quentin Johnston, uh, you know, if you have that roster spot where you put somebody on the end of your bench, he's not somebody I'm starting just yet, not quite yet, maybe in a deep league, but... I mean, he's playing 51 percent snaps, and it's it's somebody who I'm getting a little more excited for. wasn't wasn't very excited for him as a prospect when I watched him at SMU, but seven targets you know, here already in his third NFL game. That's something that Kadarius Tony or more uh, have never had as a chief. So encouraging to see him getting this work and getting poor with Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, uh, anytime Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, you've got a decent amount of upside, <laughs> so that's always good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... I thought Tony would step up and this season, and it hasn't really played out that way, so... I don't know, I mean, I guess Kelsey is really, you know, the, the clear, receiver. <laughs> clear receiver number one is Travis Kelsey, but... Mahomes throws the ball and throws for enough yards and touchdowns that there should be some, some nice love left over for who's ever gonna be number two. So yeah, Rice, Rice is making his case. They've got they've got a lot of young talent because Sky Moore is only in his second year, of course. Tony's in his third year. It's a lot of young talent out there, so we'll see who really. I guess really steps up, but right now it looks like Rice is the guy who's doing it.
1: Yeah, and so I mean, did you have any other, or did you want to go through? I wanted to go through a little bit of who you have kind of at the top of your list.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's go. We can go through some rankings.
1: Yeah, so at the top of my list, I mean, it it shouldn't be a shock. He's a wide receiver seven on on here. But Adam Thielen's at the top of my. List. Then it goes to Tank Dell. Joshua Palmer. And then at number four, it's kind of just a stash of all of these three wide receivers with Quentin Johnson, Marvin Mims, all the rookie wide receivers, if you um, are kind of a stash player starting. But if you have the, the bench space or if you have the team roster them, then I'm excited for the. Do you have wide receivers? Uh, you know,
0: I would actually, I have Dell. I think Dell is number one. I think he's a – I understand Thielen's outperformed him so far, but I think it's kind of like you said, maybe – I guess I think Tank Dell's a better option for your entire season. I get that. I see Dell being – I mean, looks like a – you know, certainly looks like a starter for the rest of the fantasy season, if not just a valuable flex slash backup that can – You can just plug in at any time. You know, I love Thielen. So many good years in Minnesota there. Everyone in Minnesota loves Thielen. So uh, he's a great player. I'm glad he's doing well. Number two. Yeah, I'd say Palmer, number three. Again, a very boring but smart pickup if you're looking to, you know, again, basically flex slash um, uh, valuable backup that you can plug in at any time and he'll go out there and produce. You never have to worry about him basically having a really bad game. And then I'd probably say I had Mims at number four. Just he's dominating.
1: Very electric. (laughs) He's
0: dominating out there. He just needs to be on the field. So I think this is kind of the time to pick up Mims and stash him and in two to three weeks look like a genius.
1: Yeah no I I do yeah Mims is definitely definitely number four. I, would, I would pick him Quentin Johnson Price but the other guys yeah I guess those kind of fall into five whoever I think both offenses you know Chargers are a high high powered pass for offenses so it makes makes total sense I like the Marvin Mims because he's he's actually shown it I mean guys like and upside but. Marvin Mims just has to get on the field a little bit more and be somebody you can start. On to the, yeah. the tight end waivers. I've I've really got kind of just two guys that come to mind. I'm going to start with a rookie. Um, I'm going with Luke Musgrave. Owned in only about 25% of leagues. This is a little shocking to me, but he actually leads the team in routes run uh, for the Green Bay Packers with 80. I mean, the next one is Romeo and 76-7 seven routes so far on the season. The dude is glued to the field, and he just had, you know, eight targets, six receptions, 49 yards. He's absolutely a starter for the up-and-coming offense, and now he gets the Lions, uh, who, you know, are the worst against the Titans so far on the season. I'm excited about Luke Musgrave.
0: Yeah, Musgrave was top of my list. Um, I had him, you know. Again, numbers are kind of just estimates, as even a little less owned uh, than 25% of leagues. So, uh, yeah, he's in someone who was an elite athlete, uh, one of those type of tight ends. So you expected him to be a very talented receiver at the tight end position. Though history has shown us that rookies often uh struggle at the tight end position but Musgrave isn't really struggling that much he is playing a lot he is making the most of his playing time and he is an every week starter at tight end you know up to this point that's available in you know around 3 quarters of leagues at least so yeah uh I had the benefit of of watching him quite a bit him being out of Oregon State and me living here in Oregon, you know, got to watch him quite a bit, and he was a fun to watch, fun to watch tight end. And yeah, he's, I mean, if you have any questions at your tight end position, Musgrave's basically a must add.
1: Yeah, certainly. I think he's a top twelve tight end right now, which is like not really saying much because once you're outside of Kelsey and Andrews and uh, you know, I guess T. Hawkinson, and, and Damn Laporta, <laughs> who's the yeah. who's the tight end two um once you're outside of the, a few of these uh, tight ends that uh, yeah, I think it's it's kind of pick your poison and I, I like people who are glued to the field, who are athletic, who have upside. Um, you know, there there's other guys like Kay Dotten, who's also basically out there all the time. But I went I'm gonna take mm-hmm. the athletic guy and a high powered offense like so far, so that's where I kind of lean. My my second tight end that I had here uh, was Jake Ferguson. Um, he's owned in about 34% of okay. leagues. Now, this is the person you probably don't have to pick up this week. you probably pick up next week, um, especially if he gets thrown to the waiver. Because he's playing the Patriots in week four, who've only allowed seven catches total to the tight end position through three weeks. So that's, you know, clearly you're probably not going to start him there. But he's been Dak's safety blanket at the tight end. And he's clearly playing against the rookie tight end, Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, and he's he's doing better in every noteworthy statistical category. He's kind of the tight end that be taking over the Dalton Schultz of last year. He had an okay week here in week three. I mean, seven targets, five receptions, eight yards. You know, he just gets a touchdown, and you're really happy with that. But seven points out of your tight end position—you can do worse.
0: Yeah. No. Um... Ferguson, definitely a solid ad. Uh, you know, we just talked about, well, we just talked about a rookie, but usually rookie tight ends don't get it done. Uh, Luke Musgrave appears to be bucking that trend, but he's just one player. So it's not too surprising that the veteran is out outplaying the rookie at the tight end position in Dallas. Uh, you know, You made a good point about the Patriots. I don't want to pick on your Patriots, but again, I think teams are game planning more picking on their outside corners than they would be at trying to throw the ball in the middle of the field. So it makes sense that this isn't really, he's not like a start this week, but a good pickup, especially again, the tight end position. If you're out, maybe if it's, if you're outside of the Iowa tight ends, (laughs) you know, if you don't have an Iowa tight end on your roster, you might be looking other places.
1: Yeah, that that's that's very true. Did, did you have any other? I mean, like I said, tight ends so wasteland. Did you have anybody else you wanted?
0: uh just a guy you talked about last week, Zach Ertz. Yeah. Um, still kind of a sneaky veteran in there. That's with the Cardinals performing better on offense than anyone expected. He's just kind of that solid guy. He'll get you a few receptions and an okay amount of yards every week, and hopefully throw on a touchdown and have a good week. So, still available, and I've got about 60% of leagues here have him available. So, yeah, uh, still, as you said, seeing a lot of routes. Uh, I mean, it fell this past week, but it was still two thirds of the time he was on the field. So,
1: yeah, we kind of, uh, he was kind of my set of the week for. You know, he's playing Dallas, which we didn't expect that game to go the way that it did. But yeah, I know. you know I didn't expect too much right there, but I'm just looking for I mean, uh I play in like a guillotine league where you, you just have to be not last. You don't there's no head to head matchups or anything not be last. So just having those high floors. And I just I picked up Zach Ertz off of weight. I was like, This guy's block, you know, for a few targets, not a lot of yards, few receptions. I know I'm not going to get Dooseg tied in position. He got me yeah. 1.6 points, which basically is the same thing. But uh, I know brighter days are ahead, and Cardinals are kind of game planning around Zacherts. That's not always yeah, a and
0: even Yeah. Even with, you know, say, us expecting the Cardinals to lose, they still throw a lot. If you're expecting them to lose, they're going to be losing a lot of games, so they're going to still be throwing the ball, and old reliable Zach Ertz is probably going to be
1: out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very good point. All right, let's wrap it up here with our uh, defensive uh, starts of the week, our defense. I've got one here. I'll I'll start it off. Uh, It's kind of a low-hanging fruit, but uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs versus New York Jets. Mm Mm-hmm. Ever since Chris Jones returned back to this team, I mean they've just been great. And now they get the Jets who are kind of, you know, uh falling apart, some would say, and Zach Wilson. I mean, they they allowed nine points to Jacksonville, uh, in week two, ten points to the Chiefs. That was kind of garbage time or I'm sorry, ten points to the Bears. That was kind of in garbage time there. I mean, seven sacks over the last two great. Multiple fumble uh recoveries. Like, you know, if you're going to start them, this might be one of the weeks if you, if you got them, uh, you know, for week three for Chicago, you could hold on to them for week four for.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I talked about the Chiefs defense being, uh, I thought they looked good from week one, even with Chris Jones out, even with that being a loss. I think they allowed 20 points versus Detroit, which is a very solid offense. Um, you would expect the Chiefs to be able to score over 20 points, so I don't feel like their loss was on their defense at all. So the Chiefs are are looking more solid, less of a streaming option and more of a solid option every week, I would say. Um, but yeah, I would definitely, it it sure looks like it's a, a juicy matchup for them. Uh, there's a couple couple of streamers that are, interesting here uh let's just go with uh seattle who we pick uh we pick on a lot because their pass defense isn't that good i mean it's just kind of a fact however they are playing the new york giants (laughs) saquon's Saquon's probably out again assuming saquon's going to be out uh, you know you've got to assume that they're going to do pretty well against the new york giants offense. I would say the big shocker, the Denver Broncos. Coming off a 70-point week, uh, the Denver Broncos uh, have Chicago. Not nearly the dynamic offense. This looks to be a kind of grinded-out physical game uh, where, you know, a low-scoring overall game. Which would lead to a pretty solid outing, hopefully from the Denver Broncos defense in fantasy.
1: Yeah, no, I, I love I love those picks, especially the Broncos one. That's that's a very deep pick, but I think one going to probably be top twelve option. Or Chicago just ha- they haven't got it together. Um, need to they need. It took a few weeks last year. I think it took about half the season. Hopefully that happens this year. I don't think it happens a week. Was, I've got one other defense I want to draw out there. Saints defense versus the Bucks. They haven't allowed 20 points um, at all throughout the entire season. They're fourth in interceptions, and now they get Baker Mayfield, who just turned the ball over twice here at Monday Night Football. I, I think it could, be a, uh, it could be a little juicy matchup here. Rivalry.
0: Yeah, I mean the Bucks have been better than expected, I would say, at two and one. I think that's better than just about anyone expected, but they are still you know, I'm not rooting against Baker. I'm I'm guess I'm saying I'm not a huge believer in Baker. So I I don't think that's a bad pick at all.
1: Yeah, I mean that that wraps it up for me on the defensive side. We went through quarterbacks. We went running back, tight ends. Um, I would just like to go ahead and go over just a little bit more. Um, if you haven't already, go ahead and check out the website DraftDive.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at DraftDive. Um, you can find my Twitter at underscore Colt Williams. I also go live uh, with that same Twitter handle, underscore Colt Williams, on TikTok every single Sunday one hour before kickoff off, help you with those last minute start sit decisions. I I think it's super helpful. Uh it was the most requested question last week was funny. Uh was Puka Nakua or Jamar Chase. Wow. What a what a world we live in, uh where it's week it's week three and people were asking that question. I was just I was I was pretty shocked. Uh some people were kind of upset that I was I was picking Jamar Chase because he down but you just gotta you gotta go with what you know certain situations
0: yeah i mean short term it's tough to say because week to week you never know but the the overall your overall strategy for fantasy you start your studs maybe they have a bad matchup maybe it would have worked if you would have you know, last week, oh gosh, you wanted to start this guy off the waiver wire over one of your starters, and it would have worked. But overall, don't overthink it too much. Start your studs. Depend on the guys that you picked early on. You spent an early draft pick on them for a reason. It's because they're ultra-talented and probably in a good situation.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that uh, it wraps it up. Definitely, you know, follow and feel free to shoot questions to ourselves or Colt or both. You know, it would be fun to start to do a question and answer show as well. We'll be back with our our Starts and Sits of the Week later this week. And, yeah, so, again, as always, thank you for listening from myself and from Colt. Yep,
1: and we'll catch you guys next time with the Starts and Sits on Thursday.
0: Perfect, can't wait.